Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle, featuring your host, the writer, Chris Pike, and the scoring machine, Sean Redditch. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. That's right. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. We're back and we're ready to finish off this NBL season with a bang. We've still got four weeks to go over the regular season, believe it or not. Then we've got the playoffs. So we're, we're here for the for the run home. It was an unscheduled break, but we're back. And I'm joined, as always, by the legendary scoring machine, Sean Redditch. We've got an enormous amount to catch up on. I'm Chris Pike, your co-host. But as I said, the scoring machine is the man you've tuned in to hear from. Sean, it's been a bit of a break. How do we find you after after a little while? Well, look, a little bit of a break from the podcast, but no break from basketball. Tucked back into after a little COVID shutdown here in WA. Um, All programs back up and running. And, uh, you know, I think uh, eat, sleep, and and breathe basketball all day long. So I'm excited to talk about it uh, today on the show. Oh, absolutely. If you love basketball, this is the time to be alive. For the first time, for the first time ever, we've got, well, for the first time in a long time, we've got our... Local local state league season clashing with the NBL season. So if you love your basketball right now, you can you can tune into an NBL game every single day on TV. Or if you if you're in the city, the game's in. You can go and see it in person, and you can also go and see an NBL one game all around the country. All of the leagues across the country are now up and running, including here in Perth with the NBL one West for the first time. Boy, oh boy, if you love basketball right now, you can have your basketball fix every single day and jump on the TV, and you can watch an NBA game or two as well. It's a not a bad time to be alive, Sean. It's not. If you want to watch some under-12s, uh, you can come down and check <laughs> out me coaching the, the Perry Lakes Hawks as well down at Bendad Basketball Center. So, uh, you Absolutely. know, it's uh, whatever whatever you, you fancy, some uh, under-12s, uh, turnover city basketball or some elite basketball watching Bryce Cotton. We've got it all in, in, in between. Absolutely. Now, as we said, it was an unscheduled break that we, we've had here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle and... Probably hasn't been a lot of fun for, for at least for me, Sean. So I just wanted to say thank you to everybody that's reached out to support. Some of that time I've spent in a hospital bed, which is never fun. But on the mend now, I'm pleased to report and just thank you. I haven't been able to get back to everybody that did reach out um, during the time. And, you know, sometimes it's tough to even pick up a phone when you're not feeling not feeling the best, as you know, Sean. But, yeah, everybody from including you, Sean, including Damo, including everyone in the basketball community that reached out and, and just wanted to make sure I was okay. I just wanted to say a big, big thank you. And and now we're ready and and ready to get back into the, this show, Sean. We've got so much to catch up on. It's amazing how much has happened in the over the last couple of weeks alone. We've got a big run into the finals now in the NBL, and this is going to be a hell of a fun show to just try to get our heads around everything that we need to catch up on, Sean. Well, it is, and uh, I don't know, maybe we want to jump right into it, but no bigger news than uh, Will Magne joining the Perth mm. Wildcats. Uh, there, there was a lot of rumors there for a long time, um, and sometimes those aren't always uh, credible, but this one turned out to be uh, a pretty strong one, and you know, the Wildcats got their, their big guy a little bit later than they probably would have liked, but uh, he, he has arrived, and uh, we'll see the impact that he's going to have now that he is a Perth Wildcat. Absolutely, that's that's it's massive news. We've seen how good John Mooney and Bryce Cotton have been as a twosome for the Wildcats. Adding a player fresh out of the NBA 
this past season. It's a it's a massive move late in the season. We always knew that they had that third import spot up their sleeve. They didn't necessarily use that, but you can argue that that Will is probably a an import calibre player now that he's been in the NBA. Um, before we talk about what it means for the Wildcats, do you think he seriously considered going anywhere else, or was it always going to Perth, or potentially no other NBL club for him this season? Look, I, I'd be interested to know the inside workings of that. I mean, my, my understanding mm. is the Brisbane Bullets still held his rights. They did. They, did. they um, still had he, him contracted for this season. And so uh, I'm surprised that they would give up a player like that, especially when, you know, Brisbane's still in the hunt. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's some different, I guess, scenarios behind how that all played out. Um, but you, you got to think the Wildcats were the ones that probably chased him the hardest, knowing that they kind of needed another big guy, and they, uh, they, yep. you know, they were probably getting away with playing Mooney. And he's let's let's be honest, Mooney's been outstanding, whatever position mm. he plays. Um, but I, he, he's been awesome at the at the five spot, and the Wildcats have been getting away with it. But you you can see during the season, there's times where. You know, the, just that size kind of gives the Wildcats a bit of problem. So uh, being able to yeah. put two kind of twin towers out there helps them. Um, yeah. and, 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 and I guess let's be honest, whether it was Luke Travers or Jared Bairstow or Clint Steindl or whoever was starting in that third or third or fourth spot, it, it probably did need an upgrade if you want to seriously challenge for a championship. Look, I think they still would have had a chance. Um, hmm. anytime you've got Bryce Cotton on your team, let's be <laughs> sure. honest, you, you're going to have a chance. The guy is just a freak, but, um, yeah, I think this gives them a little bit more depth. And when they go up against a, a team with some big centers, like potentially the Sydney Kings, uh, obviously yep. Melbourne United with Jacques Landale, that they, they do need some saws to be able to contend. Um, and, and if Mooney gets in foul trouble, which he hasn't really had. Much foul no, he's, trouble. He's been pretty good with it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's pretty good. He's a smart player, but um, you'd hate to lose a series, but but not be able to have another guy to, to throw in there to uh, to compete with those bigs. Now I'm I'm fascinated how they work together. Um, they don't have a lot of time to develop the chemistry, but is there a danger that that will takes away some of the some of the dominance that that Mooney has been able to able to have, especially while they're trying to gel together, or is it more likely that they become an unstoppable force together? How do you see the partnership working? Oh, I think it's going to take a little while. I think it's going to take um, definitely some a few games. Um, and just watching the first game, obviously he didn't play in the first game. Second game, got yep. 12 minutes, um, didn't score. But it almost looked like his instruction from, from – you know, Trevor was, look, we just want to get some minutes underneath you, a few minutes. We don't want you to go out and set the world on fire because he, he didn't, didn't really he touch did, the ball at the offensive end, did he? No, he didn't really seem too aggressive. And so mm. just knowing, you know, the culture of the Wildcats, they, you know, that they're having a great season. So they wouldn't have wanted Will to come in and kind of upset the apple cart. But I, I do think at some point they're going to have to unleash him and, and let him play his game because uh, when he, when he's, you know he's playing hard on the offensive end and defensive end. He gives them a different uh, look that that there are not too many guys like him in the league. Mm. So what does he do for the Wildcats championship hopes? Does it does it are, are the hopes still the same in your eyes as they would have been with or without him? Does he make their hopes better, um, or even 
who knows? I, I'd be surprised if you felt this way, but does he lessen their their championship hopes? What what does the signing of Will Magne do in your eyes? I think it kind of solidifies the Wildcats definitely as a as, as a better title contender, but I do mm-hmm. think there's going to be some short-term pain there as they work him in um, because their unit was playing so well together. Now you've got a guy that you know takes some minutes away from from maybe Mooney, from Wagstaff, from some of those other guys that they might, you know, even Traverse, his, his kind of development's probably, mm-hmm. although he was great the other night against Melbourne United, but, you know, he's going to get less minutes in there as well. So it's a it's one of those things that they're going to have to work him in. And they're, they're pretty good, the Wildcats. They've done this before. Um, we saw that last season. We've seen it. You know, they threw Bryce Cotton in late, and we know what, what happened there. But, um, you know, I, I think they might – have some short-term pain uh, early on, just kind of working him into the into the system. But uh, I think the the long-term gains could be there come finals time. And mm. um, I guess the, one of the benefits that the Wildcats have is they have so many games coming up over a short period of time, so they can uh, really throw them out there because they're going to need some extra bodies um, to be able to cover this uh, little stretch where they've got to mm. play. I think six games in eleven days. Absolutely, right in the middle of that. At the moment, they are um, now quite. It was it was remarkable last week. Um, the Wildcats announced the signing of Will Magne. Then the very next day, Melbourne United announced that they'd signed David Anderson, forty years of age. He's probably not going to play a lot of minutes, but they probably needed a big body just to back up Landale and and Joe Luala Chul. That, that those two are really their only only genuine bigs. Mason Peatling's being being sort of playing a handy role. But um, what does the signing of David Anderson do for for Melbourne? As, as far as you can see? Well, look, I, I think it's purely a leadership thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the experience and the what he has, and, you know, he's, he's 40. I, I'm sitting yep. here at 40. I, I don't think, <laughs> um, you know, as confident as I am, I don't think I'm going to affect an NBL game, and, and David Anderson is a much better player than I am. But, uh, you know, I don't think that he's going to have a huge impact from a basketball on court but I think off the yeah. court and in the timeouts and you know just I trying we've to already seen that haven't we just the, the way he's talking to the players when they they are sitting on the bench with him yeah so I, I you know I think that he's going to have a, a big impact um from that point of view and and purely that's why they would have signed him I mean um especially when you're competing for a championship to kind of have those those savvy veterans that can kind of lead them when the chips are going not your way and um, the game's not not going right and, and how, how do you prepare for a finals and playoff and a five game series and you've got to go into a hostile environment like RAC Arena here in Perth. It's it's uh, you know I think it's going to be valuable to some of those young guys and uh, you know probably keep Jacques Landale a little bit. Uh, you know, keep his mind right as well. We can, you know, I, he I can love get a little, little hot-headed kind of. Yeah, he can, he can be that, and I think that's to his benefit. I think the way he plays, but I think it also can and can reverse the other way. So just making sure yeah. he's putting it in the in the right direction, because um, he was fantastic against the Wildcats um, yeah, on Thursday night. Well, let's go into that game as well because it was a massive win for Melbourne United and. Eight days after Perth went into Melbourne and had a big win, Melbourne turned the tide in Perth, and it's going to make it really tough for the Wildcats to get that top spot now. You have a look at the table, and Melbourne's on 23-6. and six. You've got the Wildcats at 20-8, and eight, with only 
with only seven games to go for Mel for Melbourne, eight games to go for Perth, to make up a three game gap, I'm not sure it's going to happen. So, I think that game, that win in Perth for Melbourne, just about guarantees them top spot. Yeah, it does. I, I and I wouldn't say. I mean, the thing Wildcats still have to play Melbourne United at home on the last game of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that'll be interesting if it, if it does come down to that, I, you know, this tough stretch, I, I could see the Wildcats dropping a couple as well. So that's going to hurt their chances, but if they can get through this stretch and, and, and get some wins together, um, I'd love to see it going into that final game, basically for home court advantage and who gets the top spot going into the final. So, um, let's hope that's the case for the last game. It's not a bit of a dead rubber. But mm. um, you know you gotta like Melbourne United's chances and um, how well they've been playing, um, even though they've lost some some key guys throughout the season. Yeah, it'd be pretty exciting if that game came down to deciding top spot and home and home court advantage, wouldn't it? That that would be an ideal scenario. I think it's the pink game too at RAC Arena, and I think from memory you'll be on the microphone as well. So plenty of reasons to look forward to that already. Um, now, to me, it looks like we're We've got the league sort of into three separate categories right now. So you've got Melbourne and Perth fighting over top spot. I think you can well and truly rule out New Zealand and Cairns at the bottom in terms of the teams that are out of the race. And then I think we've got we've got South East Melbourne, the Sydney Kings, Illawarra Hawks, Brisbane Bullets, and I'm still counting the Adelaide 36s as a chance. So I think we've got all of those teams. Um, they're all within a couple of wins of each other um, fighting for third and fourth spot. So right now the Phoenix, they're building some momentum. And as we record this they've put another win on the board a big win over the Cairns Taipans so so they've done they've got to 16 wins now so they're 16 and 14 but the Kings are struggling 14 and 15 we've got the Hawks at at 14 and 14 Bullets are now improved as well I think 13 and 14 and yeah like I said the Sixers still a chance in my eyes um at 13 and 16 um so we've got We've got those five teams fighting over two spots. How do you see it playing out, and who's got the best chance of making it? If I had to pick the four best teams that I think talent-wise, you know, I'm probably going to go United, Wildcats, Phoenix, and Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think Tyler Harvey just is that X factor for the Hawks. I think he can go out and win games on his own. And Bullets are just so up and down, I'm not sure – 36ers, they're getting their squad right, but... Um, well, they're full strength right now, but have they left it too late? Have they left it too late? And you know, I don't know how many home games they have left, but I know they started the year with a lot of home games. So, two, to, two to go, two in their yeah, last Yeah, so two out of their last six are at home. So it's going to it's gonna yeah, be six, tough, seven. I think. You know, if I, if I was going to uh, a betting man, I'd put it United Wildcats, Phoenix in third spot and Kings in the fourth, although the Kings have lost three straight. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a tough one as well. But I think the fact that they're getting Jarrell Martin, um, Casper Ware is playing well. You know, they have had some injuries, but uh, I just think um, the Kings talent-wise, I think Casper can kind of put them over the top. But I'm not going to, you know, I'll probably put the Hawks in there. I, I still think the Bullets and 36ers are a bit too um, – up and down. Yeah, up and down. Unpredictable for me to, to finally get that that fourth spot. But, I mean, the Bullets have got two games against the Wildcats in the next few days. They can suddenly make a real statement. So there's, there's so much to look forward to. Um, Adelaide and the Kings play on Sunday. That's going to be a crucial game as well. So we're going to find out a lot about that race in the coming days. Um, now, before we move on to the, the recent results, Sean, 
I just want to close this this little segment. Josh Giddy, in his last four games, he's put together three triple doubles. He's 18 years of age. Um, he's running. He's running the point guard spot on a team that includes two imports, includes Isaac Humphries, who's played in the NBA. It includes Daniel Johnson, one of the all-time greats. And if you listen to people that know what they're talking about in terms of the NBA draft, he looks like he's going to be a top 10 pick. Um, it's pretty remarkable what he's doing right now. Yeah, I mean, triple doubles are hard to come by in this league mm. and harder to come by when you're an 18-year-old. I don't even think I knew <laughs> what a triple-double was when I was 18, <laughs> let alone uh, producing it in a – well, some people think it's, you know, top three league in the world. Yep. Um, and, you know, you just look at a guy like Cam Oliver who mm-hmm. is played very well in this league, but he goes over and is, you know, putting up some impressive numbers in the NBA. Yeah. Um, it, it does lend yourself, and you're looking at how well LaMelo Ball is doing this season, um, that the respect that Special the league, league has, and then you've got an 18-year-old with triple doubles almost every night now. Mm. Um, you gotta feel like he's his draft stock is just going through the roof, mm. and uh, you know he's got some. Uh, it's going to be an exciting time when the uh, NBA draft uh, comes. And uh, you know the thing I like about it, he's still playing, um, yep. still playing for the Sixers. You know, there's been some people that come out and said, "Oh, why, why is he still playing?" I love the fact that he's still competing, and uh, and it's because he cares about his team. It's quite. It's just as simple as that. Yeah, I just love to play. I think, you, yeah. you know, I mean, when you're 18, um, you know, it's uh, one of those things. I think it's it, it's a mindset thing going in and, and wherever you're at, do the best you can. And, and I love that he's uh, he's competing and putting up huge numbers. Yeah, it, it's really exciting to see. It's been a great, a great, a great journey to follow because when he came into this season, I think everyone saw him sort of neck and neck with Mojave King and, People thought that both of them would be lucky to be first round picks if things went well, but to now see where he's where Josh has got to, it's quite remarkable. So let's continue to follow that over the coming weeks. Um, let's have a look at some of the recent results, Sean. So if we if we go back to round seventeen to start with in the NBL, and it started with Melbourne United getting a, a throwdown win over the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, ninety three to eighty two. The Brisbane Bullets. They just had to win against the Cairns Taipans, and they did, 96-87. to 87. And then one of those games for Josh Giddy where where he had a big impact and important for the Adelaide 36ers to beat the Sydney Kings on the road, 97-88. to 88. And then uh, the Perth Wildcats got, got a bit of revenge over the New Zealand Breakers. The Breakers have been, had been a bit of a bogey team for them this season, so they got the win there, 98-84. So we only had a... We only had two day, two days of action, Saturday and Sunday, back in round seventeen, Sean. Before we get to what we've seen so far in round eighteen, what did you make of those four results? Yeah, probably pretty predictable there. Um, probably the surprise would have been the Thirty Sixers um, yeah. beating the Kings. They just, uh, you know, probably defensively the Kings aren't at the level that that they need to be at the moment. But yeah, I think Adam Ford will will get them where they need to be, and uh, we've seen some photos of. Andrew Bogut down at training at times as well, so I'm sure he might have a word uh, how to play defense um, <laughs> and, and get them up and going. But you know, not to keep rolling the bullets. Uh, you know, they're 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 starting to find their groove. I think um, Lamar Patterson 
I like him at the four spot, and yeah. I think that's where they're putting him at. He, I think he's a tough cover at the four. He, he looks a little bit slower than he was last year, but um, even him a little bit slower against uh, the slower four men gives gives him an advantage. And uh, he's, got, he's got he's still got a lot of moves, doesn't he? He's tough to he's tough yeah, to he's, uh, hold down. And, yeah. He's smooth for, uh, you know, not too many foremen can shoot the ball and handle the rock like he can. So it's a, it's a bit of a tough cover. So I think, you know, credit Andre Lamontis making that. I don't think he could be as effective at the three spot. Um, where, where, and, they don't, and they don't need him there either. They've got Jeremy and they've also got their new import, OJ, um, B, sorry, BJ Johnson. So they don't need him in the, in the three spot either, which is, which is nice. Yeah, and I think it's just, uh, you know, it's probably something that teams – it's a hard matchup for at the four spots. So, I, and I'm a big believer in trying to create mismatches in your lineups, and that's what Andre's uh, gone to in this, and it's working for them at the moment. We saw that the other night um, yeah, in, in their yeah. big win as well. So, it's a uh, you know, I'll, I'll be interested to see if the Brisbane if that continues to work or if teams adjust. And able to uh, you know make that adjustment against what they've done. So um, it's been a. Uh, it just seems like a lot of games, just back to back to back this season. So uh, um, well, well, between now and the end of the season, we don't have a day off. Every every day until the end of the regular season. Now we've got at least one NBL game, so it's going to be going to be a fun ride. Yeah, it is, and it just uh, it seems like it, you just wonder at what point. Do these teams start to put their health of their guys to get them ready for the finals? I could see Melbourne mm-hmm. United. Yep. You know, do the Wildcats kind of say, "Look, I think we've got second spot sewn up here. Do we rest a, a Mooney or a Bryce Cotton who hasn't seen as fresh as as we've seen them in the past?" So uh, it's going to be interesting how they play out these last few weeks with so many games. Now we've seen we've seen well th- we've had three days of action already now. In round 18, it started back on Wednesday night. This was an important game. Both of these teams fighting for their playoff lives, and and I was really impressed with the Illawarra Hawks. The score suggests it was a bit of a grind, and it was. They beat the Adelaide 36ers 71 to 66, but it was a hell of a defensive performance. And Justin Simon, um, he did, he did a Damien Martin. He won a game virtually on his own hand just through his defense. And Tyler Harvey was the was the the dagger man up the other end. So that was a big win for the Hawks. And then we saw the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix beat the Breakers 91 to 82, and a massive win for the Bullets. Um, back at home for the first time in a long time, and they beat the beat the Sydney Kings 93 to 70. And then the game that we talked about just before in Perth on Thursday night, Melbourne United too good for the Perth Wildcats 99 to 91. And then Friday night, another big win for the the Phoenix over a Taipans team that really looks like they're crying out for the, the end of the season now. 106 to 77. Um, what have you made of what we've seen so far over the last couple of days? Well, uh, you know, Justin Simon, uh, uh, you know, I said it at the start of the year, I think he's the most intimidating defensive player in the league. Yeah. Just the way his long arms, he does remind me of a Damian Martin. Um, probably not as impactful, probably didn't have as good as instincts as Damo did, kind of off mm. the ball, but on the ball, his yeah. hands and his deflections. Um, just uh, outstanding and fun to watch. Uh, you, you look at the Phoenix; they're fun in their group. But if you, you know, you'd love to play the Breakers or the Cairns Taipans at the moment. <laughs> Both those squads mm. have one either had 
been pretty hard done by the Breakers having been away from home for the entire season yeah. or the Taipans who uh, obviously lost Cam Oliver to back to America who then signed a 10-day in the NBA. I'm not sure they knew that was going to happen, but... Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure even Cam knew it was going to happen. <laughs> that was an interesting one. Um, mm. And so, you know, and I guess the most disappointing one was the Kings. Um, you know, when you're fighting for your your, your final yeah. spot to go up and lay an egg up in, up in Brisbane was um, was disappointing. But um, as we know, the you got to get another game coming up pretty quick, so they got a chance to redeem themselves. But uh, it, it was a great game between the Wildcats and Melbourne United. When, when Melbourne United is switched on like that, and you could tell they were, um, you know, mm-hmm. Golding knocking down threes left and right to start the game. You just kind of got that sense that United were switched on and and ready to play. And, uh, you know, I think they basically told everyone they are the favorites. Um, I think everyone kind of knew that. But um, to be able to come into Perth and, you know, Perth are 100% healthy. Um, they've got yeah. Magne, but although, you know, his real first game, but, um, it was an impressive performance for United. So, uh, they are in the driver's seat, but, um, as we said, I'm never going to discount a team with Bryce Cotton on it, um, from having a chance to, to win a championship. No, absolutely not. Okay. That's been a lot to cover in that first part, Sean. So let's take a bit of a deep breath. And when we come back, I want to go through each team and catch up on what we've missed the last few weeks with each team and have a bit of a look forward to see what is in store for the rest of the season for them. And then we'll come back and we'll have our Tab Touch preview to have a look at the rest of Round 18. And then we'll wrap up our return episode here of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Okay, so Sean, let's let's take a look. Let's do this in ladder order, or just about in ladder order. Melbourne United, first of all, since we since we chatted last, they've lost Jack White, who was having a, an incredible impact as a rookie. He ruptured his Achilles. They went on an eleven game winning streak that was broken by the Wildcats, but they've now they've now won a couple of games since then. So they're well and truly back in form. They've added David Anderson. Um, what do you make of all that? How, how do you think things are looking for Melbourne United, and and how does this run home look for them? Well, they're, they're, you know they're the deepest team in the league, but they also have a strange starting lineup with Pete Ling yeah, um, in there, and uh, you know you know so it it's a it's an interesting one, but they they found their their groove, um, and it seems like everyone's kind of settling in their role. Um, and so I, I like the way they're playing, you know, they, them and the Wildcats have this level that they can go to defensively, yep. um, cool. that I don't think the other teams have, which is why I think that, you know, they're both those two teams are in the driver's seat to get to the finals. I mean, injuries and crazy things can happen, but I just, from what I've seen, the teams that have an ability to kind of turn it on, um, and switch on the defense when they need to. Um, usually have that best chance come finals time. And so, you know, that's what I like about Melbourne United. Um, obviously, they've got a lot of offensive talent, but um, they're getting it done on the defensive end as well. Now, they've got some road games to come over the next couple of weeks, and they have played in Perth this week, but they hadn't left Melbourne for the last five weeks. In a, in a, in a season where so many teams have been through so much, how much is that going to help 
them in the long run, do you think, just to have had that time at home, you don't have to travel. In terms of being fresh come finals time, do you think that will end up playing um, a big part? Yeah, I, I definitely not going to hurt. Um, and the mm. fact that they've had to play, you know, each team has had to play, you know, extra games. Usually you're only playing 28 and they're playing 36 this year um, in a kind of feels like a more condensed season as well. So it's uh, it's been a battle. And I think anytime you can stay at home, um, rest in your own bed, uh, it's going to help uh, later on in the season and, and keep you fresh and re- ready to go mentally. So I think that's a big advantage for Melbourne United for sure. Yeah, the Perth Wildcats. I wanted to talk to you about Bryce Cotton. Um I think he should still be leading MVP voting. I think when we when we come back and update our MVP leaderboard, thanks to Hoops Heaven with your votes, I would be surprised if he's still not leading. But he's not shooting the ball that great right now. Um, now, there, there would have been times during your career where you had some shooting slumps, Sean. Um, what's, the way, what's the best way to get out of, get out of it? Is, do you try to shoot your way out of it? Do you put extra work in by training and shooting when you... You know, on your off days, how do you, how did you find was the best way to get out of a shooting slump, and would you count this as even a shooting slump for Bryce, or are we being a little bit a little bit harsh? Oh, look, I, it's definitely a shooting slump. Um, I haven't seen him, pl- you know, miss this many shots. Usually, you know, he might get a game or two, but he's mm. had quite a few guys. He's just exhausted. I mean, the guy's playing like thirty eight yeah. minutes and playing a lot of games and not only 38 minutes, but like you watch their offense and they are all just looking to get the ball to him. Mm. Um, And the, you know, the defenses are being smart. They're making him work a little bit harder to get the ball. Um, And so it's, uh, you know, it's a bit of a grind. And then you add in the fact that they've had to play so many games and, the other thing, and I don't know if many people have talked about it, but like with Bryce Cotton's shot, he gets so much elevation on his shot that when you're a little bit tired and you are expected to come out and put up 20, 30 shots a game um, and tough shots as well, it's it's tough. Um, you know, I'm, I've, I was always uh, amazed at the consistency consistently that he could shoot so well with how high he jumped but i just it takes think a lot of energy. it takes a lot of energy to shoot like that doesn't it oh it takes a lot of energy just to shoot a jump shot let alone you know get that far <laughs> off the ground yeah. sure. um so you know obviously is a smaller guy and lighter weight but it's a uh it takes a lot of energy and um and that's why i kind of look at this final stretch of the wildcats maybe can they can they maybe just give Bryce a game or two off. I know Bryce wouldn't want to, and he'd be the last person to put his hand up. But, if all, you know, a healthy, fresh Bryce Cotton can win you a championship, but a tired one, um, I'm not sure they can beat Melbourne United with a tired Bryce Cotton. So um, it'll be, be interesting to see how they play. You know, if they go to the next few games. And you, you know what the positive might be? You you start Clint Steindl in 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 – place of Bryce, Clint's struggling as well. It might just be the thing to spark Clint into some form too. That's true. I mean, uh, yeah, Clint's, uh, yeah, he's kind of lost his touch at the moment. So, and you know, I think the Wildcats will be too worried about it. Uh, you know, he's not getting as many minutes as he has, but they know he, he'll he'll come due. 
um, at some stage, but you just hope it's uh, sooner rather than later. But um, yeah, I, I just think for me, it just looks like Bryce is, is exhausted. I've never seen him shoot so many shots short um, yeah. and 15 for 79 from the three point line for a guy who's, you know, one of the best we've ever seen mm. um, as a shooter just tells me that something's not right there. Yeah, no, I, I think you I think you're spot on. Um, the Sydney Kings, they're they're a fascinating story right now. There's been times where they they've been really struggling to get a get a team out on the floor. They've had so many injuries, and then so since we last spoke, they've lost DJ Vasilovic, who who was probably going to be Rookie of the Year with a ruptured Achilles. Diddy Lozada's now been called up. He's another one that's now playing in the NBA and doing some nice things over there. He in the, the little bits of of patches I've seen of him playing at the Pelicans, he looks like he has found his groove there in the NBA as well. Um, Brad Newley missed some games there as well, but he's back, and they've got Xavier Cooks back on the court. Um, but then they've, they've been without Sean Bruce for a little bit too as well. So they, they have struggled personnel-wise, but they've now got Xavier Cooks back on the court. Um, they've got Jared Weeks. Newley's back on the court. There's not really any excuses personnel-wise, but, gee, they need to find some form again because all of a sudden they've had a couple of big losses, and... They've lost the teams that they're fighting for final spots with those last two against Adelaide and, and Brisbane could really hurt. Yeah, it could. Uh, you know, I think just the three-point shooting of DJ and Didi um, mm. hurts them. Um, and those two guys can really knock it down, fill it up. And when yeah. you combine them with Casper Ware's ability, I think, you know, teams can kind of collapse on on Casper a little bit more, and then also Jarrell Martin. But if they can get Xavier Cooks playing, I mean, here's a guy who, you know, was in the Boomers. Um, he was, was in the, the World Cup team before he got hurt. He yeah. was in the World Cup team, and, you know, ahead of some really good players who, uh, you know, Mitch Creek ended up replacing him after he yeah. got injured. But it just shows you what he's capable of. So, you know, if they can get him playing um, at the level that he's capable of, he, you know, he could be a difference maker, but – They've got to turn it around quick. I mean, three straight losses and uh, a couple of them aren't even close, um, aren't encouraging signs for them at the moment. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix are another one who they've had a really rocky road. They they battled with personnel as well at times. There was a game game last week where you had a look at their bench and they had Dane Pino, they they had Cam Glidden, they had Ryan Brokoff. Um, Kiefer Sykes has now only just just found his way back and he's found some found some some form. Um, so over the last few weeks, it's been interesting. Mitch Creek had a lot on his shoulders there. We, we talked about how with those charges he was facing that have now been withdrawn, it was a it was a big question mark if he even probably should have been playing. But he's now, seems like he's had that released off his shoulders and he's playing some good basketball. Kiefer Sykes is a different maker, difference maker. I love what is, Isaiah Liafa is bringing. Um and they've now strung a couple of good wins together this week. You know, they've, they have only been against New Zealand and Cairns, you could say, but you still need to, need to beat who's in front of you. Um, they're in third spot. It's probably their, their position to lose right now. Um, what do you think of, of the Phoenix? Well, I think Sykes coming back and getting into his early season form, I think that's going to be key. Um, and we've saw Glidden kind of pick up um, where Sykes kind of left off. But, yeah. you know, I think the Phoenix are kind of that that team that could surprise people. I mean, they've got a lot of depth now that uh, in guys that can fill it up, and they've got some, you know, veteran presence there in Adam Gibson. So, um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I like what Leif Offa's given him. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's been as prime of that surprise packet. Um, but to me, the key is going to be Sykes. And then if they can get broke off, um, the accountant, he, apparently. He, he shows some good. <laughs> do you like his goggles? Reminded me of you. Remember when you had to wear those goggles for that one game? Yes, I do. I do remember those. Mine were, uh, I don't know. His his were clear. I think mine were dark. Um, in case in case the sun came out for the game, um, I think I wore them for about a quarter. I missed every shot, so I took them off and ripped them off. I remember when you turned up to that training session wearing them. It was a it was a good sight. <laughs> yes, I didn't. Uh, the boys didn't rib me on that one at all. <laughs> Uh, but you're right. I mean, if Brokoff can get going, as he did a little bit against the Taipans, um, he can be that X factor as well. When you've already got Creek and, and Sykes and Glidden and and a, and a lot of weapons, so I think they're a real a bit of a threat. Um, I probably wouldn't like to play them in a playoff series. Um, Illawarra Hawks. So Brian Gordon has been fascinating in recent weeks. He's opened up a little bit and talking about how he put this squad together. He knew he had his imports with Justin Simon as the defensive. You know, his power, he had Tyler Harvey, who would be the offensive threat. You know, they had Justinian Jessup as that shooter. But then he had a lot of young kids that he wanted to develop and learn alongside Dengadel and Cam Besto. But it hasn't worked out. So right now, they've released Dengadel. Cam Besto's not coming back. He's out injured for the rest of the season. So he's had to scrap those plans, and he's now relying on um, those young players like Emmett Nah, like... Like Daniel Greeter, who's who's back back in the lineup now. Sam Froling, uh, he's got a much bigger role than he would have if Besto and Deng Adele were regulars. Deng Deng's an important player. Um, they've now got six of their last eight games at home. Um, they've got to fourteen. They've got just about to a five hundred record. Um, yeah, it's 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 going to be fascinating to see how they they handle these last three or four weeks. It was, I you know, I never really felt like Deng Adele fit into Gorgian's system. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. he just looked like a player that, I don't know, he just, he, he kind of needed the ball with time and space, but liked to shoot those mid-range jumpers, which... He uh, just liked to be a one-on-one player, didn't he? He really yeah, did play that, NBA style. Yeah, NBA style. In today's game, um, it's not going to work, and it's not going to work mm-hmm. in a Brian Gorgian. Um, he'd probably just seen too much of that that it you know uh so i i kind of like their makeup now they're going to play through mm. through tyler harvey jessup and then if solomon can uh, have an impact on the defensive end it gives them a chance i think it's um you know if, if they get into the finals i think you know gorgon's done a tremendous job with that team to get that team into the finals with you know missing out on a missing cam Bearstow as well some experience there so puts a lot of on ogilvy's shoulders and and sam frawling's shoulders as well yeah it, it does brisbane bullets we talked a bit about them earlier but since since we last last spoke Vic law is now missing the rest of the season but they've been able to find a replacement which is a which is a decent effort given this COVID era we're in. So BJ Johnson's now been through his quarantine and he's got a couple of games under his belt. As you talked about, Lamar Patterson's now playing some better basketball. Um, so I've talked about how we see their chances. You you, meant, you talked about that before. What I wanted to get your thoughts on was the news that Andre Lamanis is now going to be leaving at the end of the season. For the first time 
in a long time next season that we'll have an NBL season without him coaching. It's going to be a lot different with it without it, without him him being there. Um, so first of all, what's your reaction to him taking up a job in Japan? To I guess following the footsteps of of Sean Dennis and Paulie Hanari, who have done similar. And any any immediate thoughts on who his replacement might be? Well, look, um, I, I thought it was interesting timing of it all. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of times with, with a head coach, especially when you're still in the fight for a finals and that type of thing, you kind of wait till the end of the season. But um, I guess I don't know if it's because he has already signed the deal in Japan or what was going on been, there. It could, it could, it could um, have been that, they, that, that his club in Japan wanted to announce it potentially. Yeah, so, you know, I think it's probably – if, I, if I'm being honest, it's probably the right move at this stage. I think um, Lamont is probably ready for a new challenge, a different challenge. I think um, so, yeah. And probably Brisbane's at that stage where, you know, they, they probably need to look at, at something else as well. You know, give him five years to kind of build that program up. And I think he's he's done a, a very good job. Um, but um as you know with new owners and, and that type of thing it's there's going to be yeah. different philosophies so um you, you don't know all the workings that went behind the scenes but i got a lot of time for lamanis uh, especially what he did in uh in new zealand was pretty mm. remarkable and um you know i'm sure he's gonna do some great things over in japan and as far as replacement you know i think i've heard some rumors cj bruton putting yeah. his name out there there'll be a lot he's, of coaches. He's been, he's, he's, yeah, he's been his assistant this whole time. Yeah, been his assistant, so he kind of knows. Um, you know, do you look at a guy who's been in the league, Rob, Rob Beveridge? Do you bring mm-hmm. you know some some experienced guys, or do you go a new route? Do you bring in like a you know, does Adam Caporn, uh, yeah. center of excellence? Does he put his name in the hat for that? Um, and then you've also got Brisbane Bullets have so many NBA owners now as well, so I'm sure there's some uh, some. NBA connections there that uh, that they might be exploring as well. So, uh, you know, it's not something I don't think they need to rush, but um, hopefully hopefully there's some uh, – I'm sure there will be a lot of people putting their hands up for that, that gig. No, I like the names that you raised there. I think some of those certainly can come into the mix. Um, Adelaide 36ers, um, they got their full squad back. So Isaac Humphrey is coming back as – Makes them look a totally different team. And Keanu Pinder looks like a totally different player than the one that we talked about earlier in the season too. So suddenly their front court with with Humphreys, Pinder, and, and Daniel Johnson looks really strong. Brandon Paul's finding his groove. I think Tony Crocker's found found his role there as a shooter off the bench. We've talked about what Josh Giddy's doing. Sunday Detch is doing his thing defensively. Um, I like the team that they've got together. When they click, they play some great basketball. Their their last four games at home, they've all won by double digits. They then went and had that win in Sydney, but they had a hiccup on on Wednesday in in, in Wollongong against the Hawks. Um, I actually like the team that Connor Henry's got together. I just think that the fact that they probably need to win every game from now on, and the fact that most of them are on the road to make the playoffs, they probably have left their run a little bit too late. Even though. Um, I really like the group that they they've got together. Yeah, they're an exciting group. I think um, when with Giddy and and the fact that they've got you know surround him with Humphreys and Johnson, um, Brendan Paul, some scores really uh, benefits benefits them. And then Pender kind of moving into more his natural role. I think was just yep. kind of that 
um, energy guy off the bench, and he, he's starting to fall on that. He's knocked down a couple shots, which uh, which always helps your confidence as well. So, yeah, you're right. They're a dangerous team, team you don't want to be playing at the moment. But I do still think they've. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to get into the finals to win. You know, realistically, they probably got to win four or five of their last six. Um, uh, I'll which, probably think they have to win them all. Which, uh, yeah, five uh, probably to give them a shot, six to really – really put some pressure on some other teams so it's going to yeah. be it's going to be tough and uh we we just haven't seen them provide that consistency um yeah. throughout the season so it's it's going to be hard to to pick that at the moment there's been so much happening with the new zealand breakers throughout the whole season um they're not going to be able to make a playoff run but um you know they're, they're, there's been so much happening we've seen you know ty and Corey webster come in and out of the team when they're both playing they're pretty exciting Levi Randolph was their new import, came in and played a couple of really good games, hit the game winner against the Wildcats, but now he's he's missed the last few games for them with with injury. Um, yeah, I mean, they just haven't been able to get anything going. They've released Jared Weeks so so they could get all of this squad back, back together, and I guess that ultimately, um, probably William McDowell-White ultimately replaced Jared Weeks. That's probably how it's, how it's worked out now that everybody's available. Um, it's been a hell of a season for them. I can't imagine what it's been like to spend six months um, away from home, but they're now less than a week away from getting home and finishing the season with a string of home games. Yeah, it's good that they are getting home. I, I you know, I look at how many injuries they've had as well, and you don't know exactly yeah. if that's the case. But you, you know, living out of hotels and different cities mm-hmm. on a consistent basis, not being able to sleep and have the comforts of your home, um, they've had a lot of injuries, and uh, you know, you just got to think that that also has played a, a big effect on their season. So, um, yeah, you know, a lot of people were pretty high on the breakers coming into the season, but you and I talked about it at the start of the year. I just thought there's no way this team can be away for the entire season yeah. almost and, and no. still make the finals in a tough league like this, um, yeah. let alone then have injuries to some of your key guys. It's just, it's, uh, you know, you applaud the effort, but you just think that they're, uh, it's just been a, you know, too many hurdles to overcome to get into the, you know, really be a, a contender in this league. Yeah, I agree. Now, let's finish off with the Cairns Taipans. Um, they're the one team that needed to be competitive this season. I think they needed both their imports, Cam Oliver and Scott Machado, to probably do what, what Cotton and Mooney are doing and to put themselves both have sort of MVP caliber seasons. That hasn't quite happened. And as you talked about before, Cam Oliver's now playing in the in the NBA. So that's a, a bit of a concern, I think, for them for next season. Um, I think it raises some serious doubts that he's actually going to come back, even though he's contracted. Um, so they're playing with the one import right now, and and that one import, Machado, is not delivering in his second half of the season anything like we, we expect from him. Um, you know, Court Noy's still been out. Um, Majuk Deng's only just returned recently. Um, there's some positives with some of the young players. I think Tad Duffelmeyer has shown that he deserves to be a full contracted player somewhere in the NBL next season. So that's a bright spot. But I'm actually concerned, a little concerned for their future. They're not competitive right now. These last seven games for them could get quite ugly. Um, and I think if if the league doesn't go back to having three imports next season, I'm, I'm concerned for their short-term future if they can can even bounce back next season. Yeah, and I think, you know, having another club like Tazzy come in dilutes yeah. some of that as well. I mean, they, they really rely on 
kind of getting those good college guys back where they can kind of get them cheaper and then throw them with three imports. Um, and, you know, you're having to compete with another club like Tassie for, you know, some of the good local players is going to make it tough. So you're right. If they don't get that third import, um, they, they should be lobbying the league for that. And then uh, also giving a call to, to Newble. On a, on a daily basis and seeing uh, what's it going to take for you, Machado, and Cam Oliver to come back and uh, lead us to the promised land. So, you know, I thought they would lose a lot by not having new one, but I didn't think they would go from, you know, we we picked them in, you know, probably <laughs> top four. One but- game from a grand final. And, and I think if you look back to our very first show, I tipped them to win the championship. I, that's how I, I, I was thinking. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's the rider's curse, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was. It, it's an interesting one. I didn't think, um, you know, Machado the second half of the season. Um, it's one going to be one that he wants to forget. He just hasn't been able to uh, produce what we saw last season. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of factors that go into it. But yeah, pretty disappointing seasons for the Taipans, and and throw in the fact that they've had to play in that. You know, kind of makeshift Bunnings Warehouse camps, yeah. pop up arena, <laughs> yeah. not their home court, which I'm sure they had would have had a, you know, feeling a much more confident in, and yeah, yeah it's a tough place to play. I've, I obviously haven't played in that Cans pop up arena, but I'm sure it's not as as uh, as tough as it as Cans uh, Convention Center. So, um, you know, they, they've had to do it tough, but you know, hopefully financially and that type of thing that they can kind of ride this and and mm. get back stronger next year. Yeah, let's hope so. Okay, I mean, enjoyed those insights into each club from you, Sean. Let's take another deep breath here on Hoops Evans Basketball Hustle. When we come back, we'll run through the Tab Touch preview for the rest of round 18, and we'll wrap up this, this return episode. Okay, back here on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle, and it's time for our Tab Touch preview. So head to tabtouch.com.au for all of the NBL betting markets, of course, throughout the season. Both you, Sean, and Matty Knight have been trying to pick you some winners on their multi-bets. We've had one win where you've raised some money for Lifeline WA. Um, you tried to tell me that you had another win, but I never saw evidence of, of that bet ever ever existing, Sean, so unfortunately that one doesn't doesn't quite count. But hopefully, as we move forward... In the run home to the season, we can raise some more money for charity thanks to Tab Touch. So if you want to put a bet on yourself, we'll help you try to find a winner. Head to tabtouch.com.au and remember to gamble responsibly. Um, now, Sean, Saturday, these are two pretty significant games, especially for three of the teams involved. And it starts Saturday in Brisbane, the Brisbane Bullets against the Perth Wildcats. Both of them played just on Thursday night where the Bullets won big over the Sydney Kings. The Wildcats lost to Melbourne United, and Perth has since travelled over to Brisbane. Will Magne making his return to Brisbane, which will be fascinating in its own right. Thanks to Tab Touch, I'm amazed at the, the odds. The Brisbane Bullets, $2.60. The Wildcats are $1.50. How does the scoring machine see it? Look, I, I, you know, you got to like the way the Bullets are playing. I mean, the Wildcats, the fact they got to play home on Thursday, I still... You know, I back a Wildcats team after a loss. I just think that, uh, mm. you, you know, I, I know what the locker room is like. 
and I know the character of the guys in that locker room and how they respond to a loss. So I'm, I'm going to pick the Wildcats. I'm not 100% confident with that one. I do think it's intriguing that Will Magne kind of, I mean, everybody's got 12 minutes, but you imagine they're going to throw him out there a little bit more. So what's his reception going to be? Uh, mm-hmm. back in Brisbane, uh, the club that uh, had him under contract, and he said he didn't want to play with them um, to mm-hmm. go to the Wildcats. So there'll be a little bit uh, animosity there. But I'm going to go with the Wildcats, just, uh, and they need that one if they want to kind of fight for that top spot. They can't drop too many more um, and still have a chance uh, because we don't think United's not going to drop too many um, the way they're playing. So uh, the Wildcats will need to get that one. I'm going to go Wildcats and – um, obviously the Hawks versus the Breakers, a lot riding for the Hawks. I'm going to go with the Hawks. Um, Breakers, just too many injuries at the moment. Yeah. The Hawks just have to win that. Don't they? If you, if you want to play, play finals, if you're one of those teams in the mix, you can't drop a game right now against either Cairns or New Zealand in the run home. You just need to get the job done. So they need to win that game. Um, then on Sunday, this is, a, this is going to be a fascinating throwdown. So as we talked about, the Phoenix have strung a couple of wins together this week, but they have been against the Breakers and the Taipans. So can they take it up to Melbourne United on, on Sunday? Look, I, I think the Phoenix can. I think they've got the the depth, but I'm still going to back the United. I just I just love the way they're playing. Um, they're playing together. And when Golding and Jacques Landale are playing at that level, it, they're almost unbeatable. So um, I, I like the way they're playing. And, uh, you know, I got United. And then, you know, you got the Kings and 36ers. And, and that one's going to be a fascinated one as well. A um, lot riding for both those teams. You almost kind of feel like the team, especially if the 36ers lose that, their season's done. Um, but I think it puts a lot of pressure on the Kings if they drop that one, if, if the Hawks beat the Breakers on Saturday as well. That, uh, you know, that'd be four losses in a row for the Kings. So mm. uh, tough to come back from that. But yeah, I'm going to pick the Kings at home, even though they haven't been playing great at home. But uh, I, I think they'll, they'll be ready to go. And then we look Monday, Taipans and the Wildcats. Uh, you know, if you, mm. uh, I think you got to go with the Wildcats, uh, 100% with that one. But um, you know, the way the Taipans played um, this week, it's, uh, it, it, you know, I think they're just ready for the season to be finished. Yeah, let's just hope they can find a way to be competitive. Um, no, no one enjoys a game like we saw on on that Friday night against the Phoenix. So yeah, it's going to be a fascinating round 18 to finish, and then. All of a sudden, round 19 starts on the Tuesday night, but we'll worry about that when we get closer to it. Um, going back to that United-Phoenix game, played in Melbourne, um, the crowds in Melbourne in this second half of the season, even in the first half, they weren't great, but they've really they've fallen off a cliff um, probably since the AFL season has started, Sean. Um, struggling to get to 2,000 people at Melbourne United games, which is unheard of because they were averaging close to 10,000 if we go back before COVID two years ago. And, and the South East Melbourne Phoenix uh, uh, are struggling to get into four figures at times right now. Um, it's not, a, not an issue in Perth, not an issue in Adelaide where we're getting some great crowds. And after the game on Thursday, um, Chris Golding commented how good it was to play in front of a big crowd in, in Perth and, and how much he enjoyed it. So clearly he's been a little bit frustrated that there hasn't been that same atmosphere at games in Melbourne. Um, is that a concern for the league or... Do we just write it off because right now we're not usually playing an NBL season in heading into winter, so we just have to deal with it right now. Um, are you concerned about those crowd numbers, or, or you know, do do we just write it off as one of those things that happens because this has been a unique season? 
Well, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned. Um, I didn't mm. think that there'd be that big a drop off. Um, but one of the things you, you kind of think there's, there's been some talk in the past about the league coming back and playing in the winter time. Yeah. And there's been uh, some uh, big it shows why, why that's not a good idea. Yeah, and is this a reason why, you know, obviously it wasn't what the league wanted and planned um, to go up against, especially in Melbourne, um, mm. the capital of of the basketball and, and sport in this country. Um, and if they're only getting a couple thousand to a game, I think that tells you that basketball needs to be played in the summertime and uh, to be able to get the, the interest and in the, the number of fans across the league. Um, back to where where it has been, and and my only concern is, it is this permanent? Not not not. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that when we go back to the summertime, we'll get bigger crowds. But I just hope that some you know things can change in an instant. Um, do they prefer sitting at home watching? Um, you look at people. You never would have thought that. You know, so many people be working from home. Now they've worked from home and they actually love it. <laughs> so no, not as right. many people Absolutely. going back to the office. Are we going to not have as many fans at live sporting events? Let's hope that's not the case um, because the league was going gangbusters. And uh, hopefully once the pandemic and, and everything gets back to normal, the fans will get back to normal. But um, you just you just hope that that's not the case. But um, it, it, there is some concern. But I do think a lot of it has to do with with obviously the pandemic and, and also competing with, you know, how many AFL clubs are there in Melbourne? It's, uh, you know, practically the entire league seems like. I think it's 12. So, I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, and, and, and professional sporting teams all like to play their games. And, and the other thing we haven't talked about is by playing the NBL cup in Melbourne, did you just kind of, was there too many games there that got the, you know, the fans are, they're all basketballed out by this point that yeah. they've, they've just gone, you know, they're only, you're used to going to maybe one game every two weeks. Um, so there's just so many, days, yeah. so many games. So, I, I, you know, and the schedule has been changing. Um, so there, there's some things that, uh, you know, hopefully when we get back to normality, um, it will uh, it will change, but yeah, there are there. You definitely would have some concerns there, especially when right now, um, both United and the Phoenix will be hosting playoff games in Melbourne. We need full houses, especially for a grand final series. It's been a great atmosphere the last few years when Melbourne United have got to the grand final. If we're playing in front of a half full house for a grand final, that that's not something we any anybody wants to see. No, uh, and, and and I do think that they'll. I mean, everyone loves to come out for a grand final. So, uh, I mean, oh, let's hope that if uh, you know, you got to feel like United or Phoenix have a great chance of of getting there. One of them, at least, um, probably United more than the Phoenix. But um, you know, hopefully, the the fans turn up for them. Okay, there we go. Um, that was the tap touch preview. Now, I wanted to close off this first episode. It's just that, that was a bit of a set, a bit of a down note on on something that's not great that we're seeing right now in the NBL. But the, an absolute massive positive for the NBL right now is that players are now going straight from the NBL to playing in the NBA and showing that they can play important roles in the NBA, which I think only goes to strengthen the argument that the NBL level right now um, is really not that far off being 
the second or third best league in the entire in, entire world. So we saw at the start of the season, um, Lamelo Ball instantly go and become an NBA star. But then we saw a, a you know, an, an import from from the NBL, Jay Sean Tate, who had never really had a look in at the NBA. All of a sudden, goes and becomes a starter of the Houston Rockets, and he's been a starter just about the whole season, and he's done some some great things. And now lately, we've seen Cam Oliver instantly pretty much go and play the same way for the Houston Rockets um, as he's been playing for the Kansas Taipans the last two years. And Denny Lozada, who has had his ups and downs in the NBA, in the NBL, he goes and plays pretty much the same way in the NBA and, and looks to be right at home. It's an amazing thing to see how far the NBL has come in terms of the on-court product that players can make the step instantly and not look out of place going from an NBL court to an NBA court. Yeah, it's it's it it is remarkable. Um, and when I heard that, you know, Cam Oliver it's on a ten day, and we've seen guys kind of pick up a ten day. They won't get very many minutes at all, yeah. but yeah. go in and have a huge impact um, straight away is just uh, it, it's awesome. It's it's fun to see, and just gives you a indication of the level of of play that we have here in the country. And uh, just a tremendous amount of respect. I mean, I, I look at other countries in the world. I don't think of too many countries where guys are just leaving that country and going to the NBA and having massive impact. So, um, mm, absolutely. you know, I didn't think Tate was an NBA. I thought he was a very good overseas player. I wasn't sure he was at the NBA level, but um, he's proved – proved me wrong and uh you know i mean i loved him as a player but i just wasn't mm, sure that he yeah. was the nba but he's gone over there and, and done awesome i mean he's like draymond green um just plays with a little chip <laughs> yeah. chip on his shoulder and uh you know i think it's just something different out there on the court so um credit to those guys and i think it just opens up you know you know if you're not going to be in the nba the next place you want to be is australia because it's basically like the NBA Development League at this stage. Um, Absolutely. And uh, probably a shame that it's so far away, but um, when you've got uh, business class and um, you know flight uh, going every day, hopefully uh, it'll well, be uh, you know open up some, pretty much some more guys. Pretty much escape. Pretty much escape COVID as well by coming here. Oh, that's right. I mean, I think that that's uh, you know another big benefit of, of coming coming over here. Um, probably for the next, well, they're talking next year or two. So, you know, I think it's, uh, it, it is great to see and l- let's hope, uh, we keep getting more guys coming over here to, that will have an impact back in the NBA, uh, in the future. Absolutely. So this has been a, a big show. I've had a lot of fun getting back here on Hoops Heaven's basketball hustle with you, Sean. Thanks to Hoops Heaven for making it possible. Thanks to the support as always of Tab Touch and also for Boomerang. We'll be back next week with Damien Martin for his, Best Defensive Player of the Year update with Boomerang. Um, I'm going to sign off. Thank you for all tuning in, and thanks for your patience in waiting for us to to get back on the air. I'm Chris Pike, and I'll sign off and leave you with the wise words of the scoring machine. Well, thanks, Pike. You're good to uh, have you back, and, uh, yeah, excited about it's going to be a big run home. And, uh, yeah, look forward to to talking about it the last four weeks and uh, seeing how NBL 21 plays out. So thanks, Pike. It's been awesome.